fair. Okay. Many of them have put a lot of effort. I put a lot of effort, and they have failed. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I don't know. It's just like I, I think what, what you have to do is to keep that love and passion for the language alive, and that is, first of all, you need to be exposed to that language. If I don't listen to Italian enough, if I don't hear French often enough, I almost forget about that love, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the first thing. Uh, people need to choose what kind of language they would like to study, right? Once they've taken that decision on whichever basis, they should expose themselves to that language. And I think without even noticing, they will have made their first major step. Because if you listen to the language, you get familiar, you can familiarize yourself with the sounds of the language. So I'd say listen to the language first. Secondly, I'd say, uh, as I've said in one of my videos, I try to get acquainted or to get a basic knowledge of the basic grammatical structures of that language. Don't buy those large, thick grammar books. Just try to get an idea of how the language works. You don't have to go into the details. You don't even need a teacher for that. If you want to have one, if you want to talk about that with somebody, okay, you can do that. And I don't think you need that. A book that has about 30, 40 pages with some basic explanations should be doing the trick. And then I would start uh, trying to build up vocabulary. And again, uh, what I normally do is that I do that with uh, what you call frequency lists, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are lists of about four or 5,000 words that are very useful. So, Because you can study like 15,000 words without being able to have a conversation. So you should be focusing on the words that you really need. And I always learn words in context. What I do, for example, is when I start out with the new languages, I, I get up in the morning and I try to write down or to remember the words that I used uh, in my day, right? In German, for example, when I get up, I want to say, oh, I'm tired, I overslept or whatever. What does that mean in that language? How do I say I need to have a shower? How do I say, all right, uh, if I don't hurry up, I will be late for work. These are the things that I would like to talk about first. This is much more important to me than knowing how uh, to, I don't know, how to describe uh, some technical equipment, right? Mm -hmm. In detail. Right. And uh, yeah, basically that's it. So These are I, the three things that I would be doing. Number mm. one, uh, regularly sort of expose yourself to the language. Kindle, right. kindle the exactly. the flame. Yeah, uh, because yeah. you need that emotional involvement, which comes from listening and listening yeah. to things that we like, where we like the voice content yeah. that we find interesting. And, and I would throw, and I agree with you, by the way. I don't I think those are three very, very good bits of advice. Uh, but reading can be right in there with the listening, uh, and if you can you know, uh, have the opportunity to meet people who speak that language. Uh, so all sure. of these things are helping to kindle that emotional connection to the language, which is so important. So that was your first point. Totally agree. Uh, your second point was to get yourself a small grammar book. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, I'm, mm. I often say that we, I, I don't say that we shouldn't study grammar. I say that grammar should not be front and center in our yeah. language learning. But obviously you need to have an initial reference to the grammar and then you need to go back time and time again and that the book should be, as you say, 30, 40 pages so that you can kind of leaf through it from time to time. And every time exactly. you leaf through it, you pick something up. And, and as you have more exposure to the language, these grammar explanations start to make more and more sense. But anyone That's who it. thinks they can go and study a grammar book and know it is fooling themselves. That's it's mm. just not going to happen. But you do need to get that first pass through, and then the second pass through, and then the third pass through. Each time you're getting into more and more detail. But so that's absolutely good advice. So kindle the desire, 
then do familiarize yourself with the grammar and go back there from time to time. And the third thing was to focus on vocabulary. And there again, I totally agree with you. And obviously, if you do a lot of listening and reading, you will be hitting the most frequent vocabulary That's items it. in the language. And, and it is better to learn it in context. And I think some of those specific tips, if you have the discipline to do it, like to talk about things that are happening to you in your daily life in, say, German in your case or English in my case, and then to try and think through what might be those words uh, in the language you're trying to learn. I think that's – I hadn't thought of doing that, but I think that's an mm. excellent bit of advice. Mm. So to summarize, kindle the flame and keep it burning. Do give yourself a quick overview of the grammar and then focus on a lot of, of exactly. content-based vocabulary uh, buildup. Yeah. There we have it. And always listen. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, that's, uh, first of all, it's very enjoyable to me. As I said, I have like hundreds of listening material and I mean hundreds of hours of listening material on my iPod. And then in addition to that, I listen to radio programs and I watch TV. And I think that's very important. I, I agree with you, and, and I did have a debate some while ago, and, and, and there is the comment occasionally, you know, well, uh, just listening on your iPod is, uh, is not very, you know, you're not interacting, it's not communicating. Uh, you know, there is this other school which says you should go out and talk, just go around and talk and talk and talk. I don't believe that because it's so difficult to organize. I can't just go and accost people on the street. Uh, exactly. Susanna Zarysky suggested I find a Russian here and go shopping with him. Like, come on, seriously, uh, I'm not going to do that. But it is so convenient with today's technology to have your listening material with you that yeah. uh, while it might be better to be with native speakers, that's just an awful lot more difficult to organize. Whereas the it, listening, it is an awful lot yeah. more difficult to organize, and you will have fewer opportunities to do so. What I do hire is like when I meet some of my Chinese friends here so when we go out and have dinner at a Chinese restaurant then I talk to them in Chinese of course, right? of course. And, but I would not like uh, take them to you know like to go on a shopping tour and force them to listen to my Chinese because it would not sound natural to me you know just to do that exactly. uh, I can do that in a much safer environment if you want by listening and practicing back home if I'm really good enough to do that and if I feel comfortable with it then I'll be doing it, but exactly. not I think, as a staged scene. Exactly. I mean, the communication has to be natural. And yeah. I believe that if I listen to an audiobook or if I listen to a podcast or if I listen to, like I listen to these political discussions, and not just political, these fascinating discussions from Echo Masqui, I'm communicating mm. because I'm listening. Right. I'm listening. Right. I'm connecting with their world. I'm listening. If I'm reading a book, I'm communicating with the thoughts Actually, uh, of the person who wrote the book. I... I I actually like take part in discussions sometimes. I know that sounds weird and looks weird, especially if my friends are with me. Yeah. But if I watch like a political discussion on TV in Italian or French, so I'm part of that discussion. I actually talk to the people, right? Of yeah. course, they can't hear me because no. I'm sitting back home in my apartment. But it's also good practice because you take part in that discussion as well. Exactly. And later on, I can talk to my friends about it. But it all depends on your language level, right? On your exactly. level of proficiency. I couldn't be doing that right now in Russian. So why should I then, you know, put myself out there and, and try to do that and if I just can? And if, if I feel more comfortable and right. if I keep doing that, uh, I think it's okay to do it. What I said in one of my videos when I was referring to that silent period, and I think I said that I just couldn't do that. What I thought is that people actually 
did not like speak at all in that language. Yeah, but th- that is the position of, of the extreme silent okay. period. And, and that's people. something that I, I just couldn't do. No. And I'm not saying it's wrong. If, if it works for these people, they exactly. should do it. I agree with it's you. not going to work for me because, as you said, I need to kindle that flame and, right. and I couldn't be doing that if I were not speaking and using the language well, no matter ex- how exactly. bad I get. And, and the other thing I don't like about it is and I, I think we're going to agree on this as well is that successful language learners are self-directed and therefore successful language learners do what they like to do so exactly. how can you be in a situation so- where the director of the school says thou shalt not speak for six months exactly sorry you know, I- it's my language and I'm going to exactly. do what I want it's your language. It's your love for that language. Right. I'm so happy and I'm so grateful that I'm no longer a student at one of these schools, right? right. Because I don't have to do these things anymore. Right. And if I think of what some of the professors are doing now to students at my former institute, uh, I really feel sorry for that because it has turned into a scientific, I don't know, laboratory or whatever. They're, they don't let people practice anymore. They don't let them speak anymore. They don't let them experiment anymore with the language. Oh, really? Everything yeah. has to be like, you know, like seen from a scientific point of view. They always have to give, like actually they ask students based on which scientific theory they have translated a text. I've been doing that work for 15 years. I've never had a client asking me based on which scientific theory I translated a contract. No. They don't That's, care. Yeah. What they care about is the result, Right. Well, that's right. That's uh, you know, I don't know if you saw. I was on Kirsten Winkler's blog. There was uh, some people posted a discussion there. I mentioned it in one of my mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, I am. And, and, I and, this, and they video. were. Yeah. I mean, they, they. You know, it's they. They claimed like I suggested that that at Link, the yeah. the fact that people are happy is good enough for me. Like I'm in the business of of providing language learning resources. We yeah. want to make them as good as they possibly can be, and I respond to whatever our users have to say. And if I can satisfy yeah. them, then uh, I'm doing a good job. And those that don't like it, they leave. Uh, but it's it's exactly. a choice. It's a resource. And they say, mm. well, do you have almost like scientific proof that your method is effective? Uh, and have you, you know, so, sort of double blind so or whatever? Ridiculous. I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And they it's tended ridiculous. to suggest that the pleasure and satisfaction of the learner was irrelevant. That there was yeah. some kind of objective evaluation. Well, it's irrelevant in their world because what they want to do is to put a label on whatever language you speak, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this people like that are the reason why so many people don't want to study a language anymore because exactly. they're actually afraid of, of being downgraded, of being like labeled.